Oh, no, keep clapping. I'm gonna finish some bread. It's really good. And I can tell, as I, are you guys hungry for jalapeno cheese bread now? Right? Me too. It's delicious. Absolutely delicious. My dude, Glenn, baked over 300 loaves of bread last year. And they were all delicious. Now that is someone who's living with purpose. See, he talked about it. He has a nine to five gig. That's how he makes a living. But making bread and putting smiles on people's faces, that's how he makes a life. And see, what he talked about was our lives can mean something. When we look beyond ourselves and stop thinking what's in it for me and start serving others, that's when we can find a purpose. That's when our lives really start to matter. And I think about Glenn as he brings joy to all those folks undergoing chemotherapy when there's a loaf of bread there. That's amazing. And he's put countless smiles on countless faces here. So I'm excited about my man, Glenn. Glenn has a purpose. But God created you with a purpose too. And you will never be truly happy until you discover it and begin to live it out. Oh, we need to hear that again. God created you for a purpose. And you will never be happy until you discover it and start to live it out. And we're here to help you do that. That's why City Church exists. That's my role right now. That's my job. I want to get everybody discovering and living their purpose. And I don't know if you noticed, I'm a little fired up about it. Okay. I'm the kind of person that likes to interact. So if you want to clap, if you want to yell, that's good. So I just want to let you know that before we get into this. But to live your purpose, it means we can't live I didn't mean to lives. We got to get beyond I didn't mean to. If we're gonna live your purpose, that's what we got. Let me, let me explain. I have two kids, seven and three. And I heard a very familiar sound that I was sitting on the couch one day. I heard a thump. And then I heard a fake cry like, eh. And then I heard, no, don't go out there. Okay. And my three-year-old runs out as he does. My seven-year-old is right behind him already starting to lawyer. You know what I'm talking about? Like already preparing his defense for what's gonna happen. And I go, what happened? And the three-year-old's like, he threw something at me, hit me in the head. And my seven-year-old's like, no, I didn't throw it at you. I didn't throw it at you. And I was like, okay, tell me what happened. Well, I had the toy. Okay, what happened next? I threw it, okay? We've covered that, great. Where did you throw it? I don't know. You don't, you don't know? Well, I was kind of throwing it at the wall. Well, where was your brother? In front of the wall and it hit him in the head. But dad, it was an accident. I didn't mean to. That's what I mean with an I didn't mean to life. I didn't mean to, I just threw it in his direction and it hit him in the head. I'm not responsible for that. That's what I mean by an I didn't mean to life. It means we live at random with all the circumstances dictating what we're doing. We're guided by the day and whatever happens. And when you live randomly, you end up where you don't wanna end up like standing in front of your dad in daddy court because you hit your brother in the head with something. But it's not just kids. Okay, this is grown-ups too. When my wife and I first got married, we were broke. Broke. Like, we celebrated when we could start putting meat in our rice-a-roni broke. And like, eat it with leftovers of leftovers. That's how broke we were. And so we had a budget, a very strict budget that we couldn't go outside of. Otherwise, there was nothing to do. We would just stay broke. Well, at the time, I also had my first credit card. And I remember, okay, we're gonna stay in budget. I'm really excited about this. This is gonna be great. We're gonna do what we have to do. 
But then I'd be out and be like, I don't really feel like eating the lunch I packed. I'll just go, I I don't have money, I have the credit card, okay, I'll go eat. Or I went out and I saw something that I wanted and I said, oh, well, I'm getting this for her. (laughs) I'll just get it, it's not a big deal. Well, and see, the plan was, I was gonna check the mail. It's an important part of the plan. (laughs) One day I come home and guess who checked the mail? My wife. Not only was she sad and very upset, she was very disappointed. And what do you think I did? What do you think the first thing out of my mouth was? I didn't mean to. Well, okay, who charged the card then? Are these, did somebody steal the credit card? No, I just didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. See, it was an accident, but it wasn't an accident. I was spending that money, not on purpose, just because I didn't mean to, randomly, because it was what I wanted in the moment. I wasn't thinking about the big picture. And many of us are living I didn't mean to lives. We're in situations we didn't want to end up in, getting results we didn't want, feeling feelings, or making others feel feelings we never intended them to feel. It's an accident, it just happens. I didn't mean to. See, we wanna be generous, but we can't get out of debt. I didn't mean to. We're married, but we keep dating people who want, we wanna get married, we wanna get married, but we keep dating people who don't wanna commit. I didn't mean to. We wanna get healthy, but we can't find the time to exercise or eat at home. I didn't mean to. We find our dream job, but we keep putting off the training or the schooling or the application to do what we want. I didn't mean to. We wanna be a great parent, but we keep making it difficult with our ex. I didn't mean to. We wanna have a healthy marriage, but we can't stop flirting on Facebook. I didn't mean to. Have you ever wondered, how did I get here? Have you ever wondered, How is my life ending up where it is now? It's not where I want it to be. How did I get here? When I didn't mean to, life is just existing. It's just existing. It's one of those lives where you get up every day and you do the morning routine, then you do the work routine, then you do the night routine, and you go to bed. Work routine, night routine, go to bed, rinse, lather, repeat. It's like Groundhog Day. But that's not the life we want, is it? Because one day, if you live that kind of life, You're gonna wake up and go, what did I do with my life? Did my life really matter? It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. We can live with purpose when we make intentional choices about the life that we want and not just settling for an I didn't mean to life. To live with purpose, we have to live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. To live with purpose, we have to live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. Okay, this is the last week of our Live Your Purpose series, and we've been talking about the story of one man named Peter, but his name wasn't always Peter. His name was Simon, and then he met Jesus, and Jesus gave him a super cool nickname. That's why he's called Peter. And his super cool nickname, Peter, meant rock, right? Isn't that a, I want Jesus to give me a nickname. It's a great nickname. And when he met Jesus, before he even believed, Peter started finding his significance. He started living his purpose. And he only did that because he followed Jesus and he became a means to an end for the church movement. And he was one of the founders of the church. 
the rock upon which the church was built. He did amazing things. And then we also learned that you are part of God's plan. See, a lot of people wonder, why are bad things happening? Why is my life so difficult? Why did I lose this person? Why is this person sick? But we don't realize we are God's plan. He didn't just put us here to complain about how bad the world is getting. He put us here to get busy doing something about it and make it better. That's why we're here. All right, but there's another first century church leader that we're gonna talk about today and his name is Paul. Now Paul's purpose, Paul's significance came from trying to stop Jesus's movement. He started out as someone who was stopping the church, but then a miracle happened and Paul believed in Jesus. And after that, he became a significant leader in the church and a catalyst to move the church movement forward. This is what he wrote. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Purpose isn't just about what we do. Purpose is about who we are. Purpose is about our identity. And for some of us, that's a struggle because there are so many things that wanna tear us down. There are even people in our lives that make us feel bad about ourselves, but we are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. I need you guys to say it. Say, I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. You're gonna have to believe it this time. Say, I am a masterpiece. That's what I'm talking about. You are invaluable, incredible. You are his greatest work. Okay, think about this. We believe that there's a God who created the entire universe. Every beautiful thing you've ever seen. The Grand Canyon, like stars at night are big and bright deep in the heart of Texas. Aurora Borealis, he created all of it. And he looks at you and says, you're the best. Nothing can compare to how I made you. You are a masterpiece, and you gotta get that. His greatest work, it's not an accident. We're not here by accident. You're not here by accident. God doesn't do random. It's not random. You're here for a reason, and that's your purpose. See, when God thought of you, when God thought of you, he already laid out a purpose for you, and that's how he created you. If you wanna live with purpose, you have to live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. This is what he did. Before you were even thought of by your parents, he created you with a purpose from the very beginning. And that purpose was to do the good things he planned for you. He planned it out. It's not random. You're here for a reason. See, the universe, you can think about the universe as a puzzle. Think about it as a puzzle for a moment, okay? There's a U-shaped hole in the universe. There's a U-shaped hole in the universe. There's an Andre-shaped hole in the universe. Anybody watching online, there's a U-shaped hole in this universe, and you're the only puzzle piece that fits it. You're the only person who could fill that hole in the universe because God designed it for you to be there. You can't live, I didn't mean to, and fill that hole. You just can't do it because if we're gonna live with purpose, we have to live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. But there's not just a hole in the universe. See, there's a hole in us too. When we don't live with purpose, there's a hole in us. There's a hole in our soul. There's a hole in our soul that can't be filled by anything other than God's purpose for us. That's the only thing that's gonna fill it. 
Maybe you felt that hole before. Maybe you felt that unsatisfying feeling. Maybe you felt that wondering of, do I even matter? That's the hole in your soul, and you can fill it with purpose. Peter had a purpose, and he lived it out, and he found significance in Jesus' movement. Glenn has a purpose. He works a nine-to-five job, 40 hours, and then he starts baking bread. More bread, maybe, than even there are days of the year. He finds purpose in that, and he brings significance. You have a purpose, too, to fill the puzzle piece in the universe and to fill the hole in your soul. You have to live your purpose, and we have to live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. For a lot of us, our purpose isn't going to come from our work. I know that that's something that's kind of popped up and people are like, oh, live your purpose and be an Instagram lifestyle consultant or whatever. You might not find purpose from your work. I read a stat, 30%, 30% of Americans are engaged at work. That means 70% of us aren't. Seven out of 10 people in this auditorium are not engaged at work. You show up, you do your job, hopefully, and then you go home, right? We're not engaged. Your purpose might not come from your work. The career might not fill the hole in your soul, and that's okay. Because we do some things to make a living, but when we live with purpose, we can make a life. So you might not find purpose through work, but you can find purpose at work. Okay, I don't think, I don't think we caught that today. You might not find purpose through work, but you can find purpose at work. And it's how we live our everyday lives, and we have to live them on purpose. I mean, it's possible that you're there not just to do the job, but you're there for the people around you. Think about that. There's a purpose for you there, even if you just feel like you're cashing a check. It's beyond that. It's bigger than that, because there's a hole in the universe, and there's a hole in you. And we deal with some of this purpose. We talk about our everyday purpose in something called roles, Roles are common functions that we live out in everyday life. Now, you might not think I have a bunch of roles, but if I start naming them, you will understand what I'm talking about. See, I'm John, but I'm also a husband. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm an uncle, I'm an employee, and I'm a Los Angeles Clippers fan. Those are all roles that I, the Clippers don't even get a boo, it's great. They're just like, oh, they don't matter. (laughs) I'm not even gonna waste my energy Those are roles that I play. Those are roles that I play in my life, and we all have roles in our everyday life. See, purpose isn't just about what's happening out there. We can live our purpose in the roles each of us have. See, that's important because for some of our grandparents and great-grandparents and other people around the globe, there was no other life but putting food on the table. That's all they knew how to do was survive, but guess what? If you talk to your grandparents or your great-grandparents, they weren't just doing it to survive, What were they doing? They were doing it to make a better life. They're doing it to make a better life for their children, for their grandchildren, for their great-grandchildren so they can grow up in a place that's better than how they left it. It wasn't just putting food on the table. You're part of that dream. You're part of the dream that your grandparents had. Even though they may not have thought of something lofty and big as purpose, they wanted to provide so that you could have a better life. Well, Paul writes how we should behave in these roles. We all have roles, we all have different ones, and this is what Paul said. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks through him to God the Father. And when he says whatever, it's not whatever. He's saying in everything, on purpose, be intentional. Why? Because we're representing Jesus. We're representing something bigger than ourselves. We have to be on purpose in these roles and we can't be random. We can't live the I didn't mean to life. And because we're representing Jesus, it's our opportunity to do as much good as we can in the roles that we have. Because if we're gonna live with purpose, we have to live on purpose because you were created for a purpose. Now, look, I need to talk to you about something. You are here for a reason. You are here for a reason, not just in this auditorium, but on this earth. You are here for a reason. Where you were born is not an accident. The family you were born to is not an accident. Where you ended up, not an accident. The fact that you're here and alive today, you are not an accident. You were here for a reason. It was planned by a God who loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine, and it was decided long, long ago. You're here for a reason. That's why we wanna live our roles on purpose, because God doesn't do random. God doesn't do accidents. God does things on purpose, and it's our opportunity to do things on purpose as well in our roles, to move from an I didn't mean to life to living with purpose on purpose because we were created for a purpose. Now I wanna talk about some of the ways we can live with purpose and live on purpose in these roles that we have. And there's a lot of different roles in this room. Are there any people that are dating right now? Any couples? Okay, awesome. You guys don't wanna be identified, that's okay. I did see some half-hearted like, mm. and some people going, well is this a date or is this a, I don't wanna be the one that says it. If you're dating, you're laying the foundation of marriage. And so you wanna date on purpose, right? You're laying the foundation of marriage. And let me give you some advice. Don't expect that person to change when you get married to them. Okay, all my married people are like, mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> Pastor preached that, wish I would've heard that 22 years ago. <laughs> Don't expect that person to change. They, they will change, but they're probably not gonna change the way you want them to change, okay? And the version you're getting right now in dating is like the best possible version of that person. <laughs> it's like they're putting forth the best effort that they may not do once you're married. And so I'll say this, if you're dating, here's what we believe at City Church. Dating exists for marriage. You date so that you get married. Not everybody believes that, but that's what we believe here. So if you're dating someone that you're not gonna get married to, stop dating them today. You're not making anybody's life better. You're not living your purpose, they're not living their purpose if you're just kinda coasting along randomly in this relationship that nobody wants to be in. So I'm not saying if you don't know, break up with them. Okay, hey, give it time, that's okay. But you might know absolutely sure this is not the person you're gonna marry, Break up with them now so that you could both find the person that you wanna marry. All right, where are my single people at? Okay, yeah, y'all put hands up to make sure that somebody could identify you <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Well, here's, I wanna affirm you. 
I wanna affirm you, it's okay to be single. A lot of times in church, people are gonna talk about, oh, getting, mar that, getting married is good, but it's okay to be single. Paul, the guy who wrote this, he never got married. He was single his whole life, and he said being single is great. You can do so many good things if you're single. So I wanna say, I wanna affirm it. If you wanna stay single, that's great. Do that. You are a masterpiece as you are. You don't need anybody else to complete you because God made you good. He made you a single, not a duo. Now, if you do wanna get married, let me tell you this, don't settle. And I'm not talking about, well, you know, I was waiting for Aquaman once he breaks up with his. <laughs> or like, you know, Chrissy Teigen isn't returning my calls, I just, but, but I'll wait. No, I'm not talking about don't settle like that. I'm talking about don't compromise your value. Don't compromise your value. See, you were created as a masterpiece by God, and you don't have to lower your standards. You don't have to lower your standards to find somebody because being single is fine. So I wanna say to all my single folks, you are a masterpiece as you are. You don't need anybody to complete you. But if you do, right, know that you don't have to compromise that value. Okay, my married people, my spouses, where are they at? Yeah, okay. That was more enthusiasm than I expected. That's great. How long have y'all been married? Uh, <laughs> no, here's what I wanna say if you're married and you wanna have an on-purpose marriage, an on-purpose marriage, assume the best of your spouse. Uh, <laughs> I got an audible response. Assume the best of your spouse. That's hard to do. My wife calls this full buckets. Well, you've heard of glass half empty, glass half full? Well, she talks about full buckets. You wanna have full buckets for the person you love, for your spouse, for your husband, for your wife. Have a full bucket, assume the best of them. There's a lot of reasons to do that, but when you assume the best, they might start acting like the best version of themselves. Because I can tell you, if you assume the worst, they will start acting like the worst version of themselves. And you'll probably start acting like the worst version of yourself, and then you have this spiral that never ends and it ends with broken trust, and it ends with a broken relationship. Assume the best of your spouse. I know that it's hard. There are times that you don't want to. There are a lot of times you don't want to, and it's difficult, but assume the best. That's the best way to stay married and live on purpose. Because when we live with purpose, we gotta live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. All right, parents and children, we're gonna talk to y'all now, okay? Now, parents, you have to be a parent. There's gonna be discipline, there's accountability, there's all those things that you're gonna do. That's great, but don't just speak to your child's performance, speak to their potential. Don't just speak to your child's performance, speak to their potential. They need you to hold them accountable about the things that they do, but they need to know who they can become. You need to speak to your vision of who they can be. They need to hear words of life because I promise you, they're probably not hearing them anywhere else. As a parent, they need to hear your words of life telling them what they can be, what they have the potential to achieve, what they can do. Because you're the person who cast that vision for them. Tell them what you can see them to be and they might be able to get to it because what they do isn't who they are. Especially, I mean, especially kids, because kids do dumb things all the time, like constantly. But that's not who they are, that's not their identity. 
You have to hold them accountable for what they do, but speak to them words of life about who they are. Your job is to raise a good grown-up. We have enough bad grown-ups. We don't need any more bad grown-ups in this world. Your job is to raise a good grown-up so that when they're 18, hopefully, God, please, they leave your house (laughs) and are ready to get out into the world and be a good grown-up, okay? So you gotta speak those words into them. You gotta speak words of life, not just holding them accountable. All right, kids, you aren't gonna get off easy either, right? If my children, my kids in here, I'm asking you to respect your parents. Listen to them. They're not trying to make your life terrible. They might be, but they're not trying to. (laughs) They're trying to do what's best for you because their job is to make you a good grown-up and you don't become a good grown-up without some discomfort. You don't become a good grown-up without some pain and without a lot of things not going your way because you learn a lot of valuable lessons that way. Respect your parents, listen to them. They've been adults for longer than you because you're not an adult yet. And children are terrible adults. Children are terrible adults because they're not adults yet. They're supposed to be learning, they're supposed to be doing this. So you, as a child, you're not supposed to be grown up yet, so stop rushing. Don't rush to be grown up. Being a grown up isn't as great as it might look. Can I get an amen on that? Being a grown up is hard. Being grown is hard, so be a kid. It is an amazing luxury that you won't appreciate until it's over, but trust me, be a kid, because kid mistakes have kid consequences, grown-up mistakes have grown-up consequences. And if you're a kid, you're not ready to pay those grown-up consequences. And I, I need to say this to some, somebody in here who's under 18. Somebody might have forced you to grow up faster than you were ready. They've said something to you, they've done something to you, the circumstances of life, whatever that may be, and you weren't ready to be a grown-up, and I'm sorry, it's not fair. Truly, you weren't ready to be grown yet, but you can still be a kid. I know that you know too much, and you're not really ready to handle it, you're not ready to process it as a grown-up, but you can still be a kid. You can get some of that innocence, okay? You're like a cookie. You're actually like cookie dough, okay? Kids, you're like cookie dough. And if you take cookie dough out of the oven after a minute and a half, you don't have cookies, you just have dough. You're becoming a cookie. That's what being an adult is becoming. And you gotta bake it for the whole time. So stay a kid and bake for as long as you can. All right, now for my people who have a job or want a job, I said it earlier, you might not find your purpose through work, but you might find your purpose at work because it might not be about the place, but it could be about the people. It could be about the people that are surrounding you because there are a lot of people surrounding you and I'll bet you, you don't like some of them. There's always somebody in every office of like, Joe's coming, let's not talk about our weekend, right? It might be the person that drives you the most crazy. Think of the person in, the, in, in whatever job you have that drives you the most crazy. I, some people are going, right? and some have a smile, we all have that person at work, okay? But maybe you're there for them. Maybe you're there to help them. When we're at work, let's be givers, not takers. Let's be givers, not takers. So when the free birthday cake is in the conference room or in the shop or in the warehouse, let's not knock over Tammy from accounting, 
Let's let her go first. But seriously, be the person who brings breakfast tacos every now and then. That's, that's like the hero, right? That's being a giver, not a taker, okay? But really, be a giver, not a taker. Work hard, do your job to the best of your ability, and be good to the people around you. We're representing Jesus in everything we do. And you know what? Your life might be the closest thing people get to reading the Bible, your life might be representing everything Jesus said, and they look at you and they go, well, I know that person goes to church, how do they live? So let's represent him well and let's be givers and not takers at work. This is a wake-up call. Stop sleepwalking. Wake up. This is the only life you get. You do not get another one. There is no second tries. There are no extra lives. There's no way to continue from where you are. You have one life, one life. Make it count. Don't be the kind of person who people have to make up stuff at their funeral. Don't be that person. Your life matters, and you could do a lot with it if you live with purpose, on purpose, because you're created with a purpose. So our year at City Church is dedicated to helping people live with purpose, and it's our vision for people through the rest of City Church, right? We want everyone to live with purpose, and so we've created something called the Purpose Path. That's a lot of P's. I'm sorry for the front row. I'm popping them. <laughs> the Purpose Path. And this is designed to go deeper into what I'm talking about today and what we've been talking about over the last four weeks. It's trying to help you determine who you are and what you are put here to do. What are you passionate about? Also, what does God say about you? Who does he tell you you are? How can he speak to those roles? It's going deep on all of this. So I want you to sign up for the purpose path. It's at city.church purpose. The first one is coming up next week at four o'clock city.church slash purpose. Do something on purpose. This is gonna be great. I've been pouring my heart out into this thing, so I really want you guys to go. And if you need to take out your phone right now and take a picture or even register, feel free to do that. I can wait. Okay. I would have had to wait four more minutes for it to get uncomfortable for people laughing again. But please, city.church slash purpose. We'll be out in the connection point afterwards, and you can talk to us out there. Again, we only get one life. We only get one life, and we're not promised more days. I know that that's true. When I was in college, I was about 19 years old, and I was diagnosed with cancer. And when I'm going through the process, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is, and it's kind of scary, because I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm 19. Why am I going through this? I shouldn't be going through this. And they remove it finally, and they find out, hey, this is aggressive, this is the kind of cancer that destroys lives. We didn't get enough of it in surgery, so you need to go to radiation. So I went to radiation five days a week for six weeks to try to deal with this thing. And while I was there, I met a lot of people, a lot of older people in their 70s and their 80s who'd kind of made peace with life and were dealing with their cancer treatment, looking back and reflecting on what had been. See me, I'm still looking at what my life could be and I'm thinking, this isn't fair. I've got so much life to live. And then one day my perspective changed forever. They wheeled in a little girl about eight years old and she was as white as the sheet that they had over her body trying to keep her warm. But it wasn't working. She's the palest person I've ever seen and I knew she was dying. And so my why me turned to why her. She's eight, I'm like 20. 
I've even had a way more life than her, and I knew a couple things that day. One thing I knew for sure is that life is not fair. Life is not fair, that's just how it is. The other thing I had was a decision. A decision between things matter and nothing matters. Because the world can either be a place where random things happen and there's no thing tying them together. There's nothing that connects anything. It's all random and it's chaotic. Or I could choose purpose. Choose that I'm here for a purpose, that maybe we're all here for a purpose. And on that day, I chose purpose. And when I chose purpose, it didn't like come in a packet in the mail that God mailed to me. I just started taking steps towards that purpose and that was like 15 years ago and 15 years finds me on stage here talking about purpose. Live with purpose. We gotta live on purpose because we were created for a purpose. So I'm gonna ask you guys to do something that might be a little uncomfortable. I'm gonna ask you to commit to living with purpose. And I'm gonna ask you to take an action because we gotta be on purpose because in the comfort of your seats, you might be able to go, yeah, I'll live with purpose, but I want you to make a decision today because I care and I don't want you to live another day without more purpose in your life. I want you to stand up if you're committing to living with purpose from here on out. You don't have to do it, but if you're ready to live with purpose, I want you to stand up because I wanna speak some words over you. Again, you're not required to do this. Only if you're really gonna do this, if you're really gonna live with purpose. If you're at home online, stand up from that computer chair. Stand up from where you are if this is you. I'm really proud of you guys. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray over everybody who has decided to live their life with purpose. God, it doesn't make their life easier. It's going to make their life harder, but it's going to make their life matter. There's missing puzzle pieces all over the universe of the people in this room. Father, fill those pieces and there are holes in our soul. There's a nagging question. What am I here to do? Why am I here? What's going on? Father, start to fill that hole with the only thing that can fill it and that is purpose, Father. I pray that we show up to work and be the absolute best tomorrow morning that we can be, not because we're faking it, not because we're trying, but because we believe that we're there for a purpose. We're not just putting food on the table, we're not just collecting a paycheck. Father, we're living with purposes as representatives of you, God. I pray for every marriage in here, God, that we can be married on purpose, rekindle love that's been lost, bring people back together that were apart, and strengthen marriages that are going okay right now, God. I pray for my single people and my people dating, God, I wanna affirm you. You are a masterpiece as you are. Nobody completes you. But God, if we're going to do this marriage thing, Father, let us do it right from the start. Let us build upon a foundation and we're doing good for each other and givers, not takers. I pray for every unique purpose in the room, God. There are so many unique purposes, things that you can't even imagine, Father. Well, you can imagine them, I can't imagine, God. And I wanna send these people out with your blessing, Father, a blessing over everyone who's going to live their purpose today and every day after. In your name, amen.